we really got to change the narratives and something that I, that I really take pride in doing is stepping into the room and being that change just by being in the room and whether win or lose, that is the win is that I'm in there and I'm being heard or being seen. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So today on Learning Unboxed, we have a very special treat. We are going to revisit an ongoing conversation that we've been having over the course of all of these episodes um, tied to entrepreneurship and social enterprise. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, Jerry Valentine is joining us and a little bit about Jerry. So Jerry is a social entrepreneur from Cincinnati, Ohio, and He's a very active uh, community member and a volunteer over many years. And as part of Jerry's journey, he has successfully completed community hackathons, startup accelerator programs, Give Back Hack in Columbus. He also participated in Seed Change, which is where we sort of got to, to um, have some background experience with Jerry, as he jump-started a business venture called Renter Mentor, which we will also um, talk about today. And it's because of all of Jerry's participation in all of these sort of different programs, which we've talked about all these programs here at Learning Unboxed, I thought, what a great opportunity to pull them all together and actually talk to somebody who has a very robust experience in the entrepreneurship space. So Jerry, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate the, the introduction. I'm ready to, to unbox some stuff. <laughs> all right, let's unbox. And so... You know, as I, I sort of mentioned, you know, Jerry, one of the things that we talk about on this program all the time is how to take a lot of the, the opportunity and the experience that comes from startup opportunity, from give back, hack, from hackathons in general, startup weekend, you know, all these different sort of social enterprise-based endeavors that just give participants the chance to think super far outside the box. Limits are very, very different. And how that then might translate into amazing opportunities for students. So, so let's start with, why don't you set the stage? Because all of our listeners are not from Ohio or even from the US, they're coming from all over the world. So how do you define social enterprise? And why do you care about this concept? Social enterprise to me really means solving a, a community issue through business and basically business for good. And for me, the whole idea of trying to solve an issue really started off with my first business venture, which was a nonprofit um, called Get Out Network, which was all focused about K through 12 STEM and art uh, enrichment mm -hmm. education um, for K through 12 youth. There is where I saw the importance of just the STEM discipline, not just learning it as part of an education curriculum, but as you all at the PASS Foundation, you know, ties it, you know, linking for learning and for life and how yeah. you apply STEM to your everyday life. 
And that was, you know, how I got into, like I said, the the space early on um, of just trying to figure out how can I give back? How can I make sure, um, especially with underserved, underrepresented population, mm-hmm. how can I make sure that I'm giving them the same experiences that I was privileged enough to have through education and things like that? And long story short, within that journey, I started working at the Housing Authority here in Columbus, and I got exposed to the affordable housing crisis. And there really kind of allowed me to put the STEM enrichment on hold a little bit in order to attack this problem myself. Um, And the reason being, my thought process was, how can I teach, you know, this demographic or this population and they don't have housing? Um, and they're going through these issues. You know, I didn't know it was, you know, such a big issue, not just here in central Ohio, but across the nation in terms of just the the uh, lack of affordable housing uh, in the United States. So really there, I, I kind of started thinking about what can I do to start attacking this issue in a way that I can apply what I learned from tech, a technology standpoint mm-hmm. and that's kind of how that journey started. Um, I, you know, discovered the problem in terms of uh, really a, this is an industry that was lacking innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So just being able to start that journey really by going into the the startup space because I was I'm not a technical founder. Um, I'm just mm-hmm. kind of the idea guy. So my next step, you know, after figuring out, okay, this is what I kind of want to attack next. How can I get exposed to some thinker, like-minded thinking spaces? Um, And that's when the social enterprise community um, in Columbus really uh, came apart. And we participated in uh, Give Back Hack was the first, really my first uh, ever hackathon that I had ever really done. So it was a, a very great experience. And what that allowed me to do was not only enter and and meet, uh, like I said, the social enterprise, business people, the startup developers, the data scientists, um, you know, really kind of innovative business and entrepreneur folks uh, that you wouldn't normally get at a a regular, I'll say, I guess, meeting or some type of conference of of that sort. So that was kind of how that journey started Mm -hmm. um, from there. Yeah. Well, let's dig in just a little bit because, you know, I love the fact that you started this by talking about your interest in uh, at-risk, high-needs youth and STEM and all those opportunities. And then over time then, you know, as part of your journey, you know, you recognize that you needed to, I assume, and please correct me if I'm, I'm wrong here, but, you know, part of going from starting a nonprofit in that educational sort of STEM or STEAM space, right, to suddenly I'm going to participate in a hackathon says to me, hey, I'm looking to grow some skills, right? That entrepreneurship sort of mindset. And you are recognizing that for me to truly, truly be able to serve these students, I have to be willing to recognize all the things I don't know and grab these opportunities to learn something that I don't have. And I I do want to dig in just a little bit, Jerry, Because, you know, part of the premise of this program is how can we take sort of the best things that are out there in the world and not just in the world of education, but also business and industry and community um, and say, if we were to peel these elements off 
And we were to infuse them into a more, I don't want to use the word traditional, but I'm going to use the word traditional because I'm, I'm grasping for words here, sort of educational experience for students today. As we rethink right on the heels of a global pandemic, this opportunity around what should education look like for our students, you know, I, I have been advocating for years that the elements that you're just talking about, those should be infused in our everyday teaching and learning. They shouldn't just be a weekend thing. They shouldn't just be a summer thing. They shouldn't just be because, you know, I have a single innovative teacher. But what was it that you, you recognized that you needed, that had it, you learned it all along the way, right? It would have been a completely sort of different trajectory. I'm, I'm really curious about those elements of entrepreneurship and that experience at Give Back Hack, you know, that could have been applied to, to your experience, your life experience prior to that, had you had that. What, what are those elements? Because that's the nuts and bolts, right? That everybody's wrestling with, that experience that you had. That experience with Give Back Hack, I'll say the single most thing that I got out of it outside of the networking opportunity was design thinking. The design thinking methodology is something that was new to me that Give Back Hack taught me. And it was things right. that, as you said, I was doing all along, but I didn't, you know, I had never seen it really formally right. taught to me how they did right. it. And really, when I think about the other, you know, even sea change and all that. It was just mm -hmm. all different iterations of design thinking. I feel that is something that's not taught in schools. And I was fortunate enough to go to a great college, great high school, and mm -hmm. even a great middle school where I was exposed to advancing technologies and opportunities um, where some folks in my neighborhood were not in these schools and were going to the local schools and they don't have right. labs. They don't have, right. you know, science and are doing mm -hmm. science projects. They're just reading the books. They're not actually right. doing right. labs, you know, actively. Mm -hmm. um, so those were some of the things, you know, like I said, design thinking, I think was number one. And then just overall, just realizing that there is a need for more exposure to, you know, right. I, I had right. never developed uh, platform or, you know, technology, anything like that before. And just doing it and trying it, you know, once mm -hmm. is seeing, hey, mm -hmm. talking to a developer and just saying, okay, what, what is this? What is the actual thinking? And seeing that, oh, this is really just, this is math, you know, this is logic right. um, that we're, we're teaching here or that you're doing. Those things where I'm, I realize that not only can you apply it to business, you know, a technology, but also life. When I think about taking care of plants and, you know, uh, or even art and how you have to be calculated and, and drawing, you know, with certain lines mm -hmm. and certain mediums that there's, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can apply this design thinking to benefit your everyday life if you're exposed to it um, properly. Right. And I think that's what we need more of, you know, across the board. Yeah, absolutely. And so then let's and I completely agree. And we talk about this all the time. We, and we, we teach a number of courses on design thinking. And that's exactly the reason why. And it's really interesting to me because I have, I have talked to, you know, any number of students and teachers from, you know, around the world. And oftentimes design cycle, design thinking comes up in the conversation. And one of the things that I hear frequently is, um, you know, uh, I know what that is. I've had some experience with that. But when you really start to dig in 
And I think this is sort of the essence of what you were trying to say. You had been exposed to it all along, right? But it had never been formally presented to you in such a way that you could replicate it with fidelity. I, I'm guessing, and I may be putting words sort of in your mouth, so please correct me if I'm wrong. But when we have these conversations sort of collectively, if you will, uh, with the folks that we talk to who are in lots of places, that is exactly one of the things that I discover. You know, lots of folks think that they really know what that is and how it works. And yet when it comes to applying it to real life situations rather than just the theoretical from a classroom perspective, that's sort of where the rubber meets the road different sort of plays out, right? And I would assume, for example, when you got into, I'm gonna use sea change as an example, um, that is a business accelerator, and I'll have you just sort of give a little high level about what that was uh, as a participant for our audience. But but sea change rolls up their sleeves and says, we're going to go from the concepts and a lot of the experience you might have had in the Give Back Hack sort of weekend experience, and we're going to really, really intensify this whole opportunity. So share with us a little bit about that, because I suspect that the difference between those two things is the theoretical and the, oh my gosh, apply deep in the weeds sort of experience. Absolutely. So just a quick overview of uh, Give Back Hack and Sea Change. Give Back Hack is a uh, a weekend for it's a weekend hackathon that is all about uh, social and you know solving a social issue, and that is where I first pitched Renter Mentor um, and was able to basically win um, some seed money and some other mm-hmm. in kind resources. Um, and one of those resources happened to be entry into Sea Change, which yep. stands for uh, Social Enterprise Accelerator. And really what that does, it's give back hack intensified, um, Mm -hmm. where we are really are going to dive into the design thinking process in in a way that you couldn't over a two-day hackathon. Um, So it was a 15-week accelerator. Man, that is when I realized uh, what what it allowed us to do outside of iterate with your cohort, um, which I think is the most important thing Mm -hmm. is practicing in front of folks, getting their 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 uh, reactions and mm-hmm. their opinions on, you know, what your business model is and just your overall kind of pitch to it. But the second thing it allowed us to kind of really prototype. Um, mm-hmm. And for us, prototyping uh, came in a form of an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and building that as our first database. And then it also led into another segue of the business, um, which was the consulting side. Um, At first, this was just an idea, a technical idea that I had. But uh, for those in the technology field, uh, it takes time, it takes money to build technology, and it takes uh, really a a strong team to really execute it efficiently. And I didn't have that (laughs) at the time. I was (laughs) truly accelerating. Um, All this happened within... I'll say uh, Give Back Hack was, uh, I think, that April. And then we literally sprung um, into Sea uh, Change, uh, I, bl- I believe, in May. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, everything was happening very quickly for myself and the current team that I had. But it really did allow us to iterate and build on to the business where the consulting services ended up being added. And that was really the first um kind of my my uh, okay mm-hmm. to make the leap into full-time entrepreneurship. So I think those are the biggest things that I got. And also mentorship. I, I will I won't take right. that away. I think that is a mm-hmm. another key component to all of this is that I was able to get 
great mentors out of really both Give Back Hack and Sea Change, um, which changed the game. Because as we right. talked earlier, I needed skills. I needed, I ne- mm-hmm. and with those skills, I needed more mentorship, more people that have actually developed technology and, you know, are in the space in mm-hmm. a way that I am not. So I'll say those were the biggest, the three things that I really got out of participating in those. And the fact that they were tailored in terms of they were all about social good um, and doing mm-hmm. business for good was was the differentiator because everyone in the room, it wasn't like it was just I was getting put into a room of, of, of VCs and they were like, what's your numbers? Right, right. We want to know right, how much money right. you're going to make next year. You know, it was just really about are you what is your social impact on the community? Right. And that is, I think, bar none, what has helped me, you know, that initial traction in the beginning definitely has been great um, for my business. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's talk a little bit about the qualities, I guess, if you will, right, from that entrepreneurship sort of lens. And really where I'm trying to go with this, Jerry, is I want to talk about the challenges and obstacles that generally make entrepreneurship, right, whether it be social enterprise or otherwise, but make the whole concept of entrepreneurship harder for diverse populations to get entry into, right? Because at the end of the day, right, one of the things that we need to be socially aware is we we have to get a diversity of participants in solving our problems. And yet there there are boundary limits that make it really, really difficult. And I would argue one of those great difficulties is that We are not introducing social entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship um, generally early enough in our K-12 journey to get students jazzed about the fact that you can, in fact, help solve the problems of your community, right? There's a mindset shift that has to take place. You have to believe you can, and you have to be given those opportunities. And yet, there are still obstacles standing in the way for folks to actively engage and participate in meaningful and successful ways. So let's talk a little bit about why you think that is and sort of from the experiences that you've had where you see opportunity to change that dynamic. That's a great question. The first thing that I will say right off the bat is a lack of the mentorship. There is not a, enough and, you know, I, I'm not blaming anyone, but because I really believe it's a full fall problem between, you know, there's not enough black entrepreneurs going back into mm-hmm. the community and pouring back into mm-hmm. and, and giving back in that way. Um, the education system, like you said, isn't introducing them mm-hmm. um, early enough. And also um, when it comes to the tech, the tech and innovation space, um, unfortunately, we're lacking uh, access to advancing technology, mm-hmm. um, which is then fa- therefore falling into the skills. And because we are lacking the access and the skills, we're not assuming that these spaces are for us. That is one of right. the things that I've noticed in both really the social ent- the social enterprise and in the tech space, startup space, um, mm-hmm. there's not many of us entering those rooms. There's not many of us participating in those uh, those hackathons and in those mm-hmm. accelerators. And that to me is unfortunate. And I'm mm-hmm. once I find I see change was a free program. 
and right. to find out that people aren't applying or, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I've never heard about this or this is not for us. You're different. You know, those things is we really got to change the narratives and something that I, I really take pride in doing is stepping into the room and being that right. change just by being in the room and mm-hmm. whether right. win or lose, right. that is the win is that I'm in there and I'm being heard or being seen. And I think mm-hmm. that is the first step into the problem. Uh, I think solving, you know, this uh, problem that we have with getting more black and brown uh, uh, entrepreneurs and innovators mm-hmm. is that we need to start stepping in the room. Whether you, you know, I didn't know what to expect coming out of Get Back Hack. Right. I had an idea. I came in there by myself with a pen and paper um, with my idea went down and I ended up never would have expected, you know, being a top team picked to mm-hmm. kind of move forward and things like that. So I think that is the thing is that we have to start stepping into the room um, in order to bring those changes. And, you know, yeah, and I, I've, I love that expression, Jerry, right. That, you know, let's, let's start by stepping into the room. Right. And, you know, it's a big step. It is a really, really big step. Um, and, you know, for our kiddos, because we see this, And the young people that we work with, you know, sometimes that is the scariest part of the entire endeavor, right? It's just having the wherewithal and the confidence to step into the room. So so thank you very much for that and certainly for the work that you're doing because that will make a difference. Um, We know that, you know, uh, it's critically important, you know, you can't be what you can't see, but I also argue you can't do what you don't know. And we have both problems right now um, as it relates to youth. And this ultimately then gets you back into that sort of space of helping kids find their way, whether it be STEM or STEAM or any of the other sort of journey components. So let's dig in just a little bit, Jerry, and, and share with the audience now. So you went through those experiences and you, you had this great idea because you recognize, quite frankly, this is a global need um, around affordable housing. This is not unique to our community. It's not unique to Ohio. It's not even unique to the U.S. And yet you created, you created an endeavor to try to solve this problem. So we haven't really talked about sort of the nuts and bolts of what Renter Mentor is. So share with our audience how, you know, you, you went through through this process and this idea, but now this thing is standing. What does it do? Absolutely. So our mission um, at Renter Mentor is we are a social enterprise company that helps connect people to affordable housing. Our services assist landlords and tenants through housing processes and connects them to supportive services. So what does that really mean? What does mm-hmm. Yeah, what does that all what that does mean? That mean yeah. Right. <laughs> um it, we first, like I said, the first step in my entrepreneur journey with Renter Mentor was starting the consultant services. As I stated earlier, I worked for the Columbus Metropolitan Housing Authority um, for about four years. So I was able mm-hmm. to gain a lot of credentials and skills. street cred, I assume, right? Yeah. yeah, because you're you're in that space, right? Yeah. And, you know, it was a part of my job, you know, to really yeah. process and learn these things. You know, I was really on the ground level um, working and hearing the problems. So the first uh, thing that, you know, through different iterations, we sprung up consulting services where we help landlords really navigate through the different affordable housing systems like for example, Section 8 is the biggest thing mm-hmm. that, that I specialize in, um, also known as the Housing Choice Voucher Program. And we not only recruit different landlords into this space to open up their homes for folks looking for affordable housing, but we also educate them 
on how to uh, do the HUD compliance process in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also have been fortunate enough to be able to work with the settlement house system here with Central Community mm-hmm. House and disperse temporary rental assistance uh, for families in need. Um, right now, we have distributed about $200,000 in housing payments to about 83 families um, in the last two wow. months. Um, so we're excited about that. Um, but the innovation side um, or our tech platform, which is what I really thought the business was at first, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when I just realized this was just only a solution to it. Um, we've built a, uh, a, a multi-listing platform or a property listing platform mm-hmm. um, that is strictly catered to serving low to moderate income residents that are looking for housing. And we've mm-hmm. done that by putting certain filters that will help mm-hmm. landlords, you know, better identify what type of properties they have, whether it's handicap accessible, they mm-hmm. accept Section 8 vouchers, all the way down to even being eviction friendly, which all on the front end for a, someone who may have an eviction, who may have a voucher, right. who may need a handicap accessible unit. Um, it's all critical in terms of their search. Um, there sure. was not... you. All the multi-listing platforms that are out there, Zillow, Hotpads, um, there were really there was only one that really serviced the demographic in which we served, and I thought that was odd because this was the population that needed, to me, the most innovation in the mm-hmm. space to help them right, better connect right. more efficiently. Um, we just launched it. It took three years <laughs> to <laughs> build out the platform. But as we were able to do that, like I said, the consulting services mm-hmm. were able to carry us. Um, right. But we just launched our platform last month. Um, and um, it's, it, it's, it's, it's great to be able to see something that went from, like I said, an Excel spreadsheet to wireframes mm-hmm. to a uh, Adobe InVision Wire, which was a more, it was still no code behind it, but it allowed us to touch and navigate the app um, right. through the wireframes to a, a website, to another website that is doing what we, you know, we wanted it to do. Um, next step into building out our platform is we are going to utilize the central community house, mm-hmm. the rental assistant opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, build out some automation. Uh, features which uh, we think will be able to help us scale our tech platform to different agencies and plan on growing from, you know, organically that way uh, through contracting Mm -hmm. with different agencies and building up our platform uh, by providing different automation processes to those businesses, to to those nonprofits or housing agencies that need um, the the, the space. Um, And what we're finding, so we... Give Back Hack happened. Give Back Hack and Sea Change happened in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, we still were not a business. We had raised right. about thirty-five thousand dollars that year um, as no business, just literally my idea. And I think right. that shows right. the power of just stepping in the room that you didn't right. even have to be the business to be successful. But in 2020, we officially established uh, January 1 in 2020. Um, so we are a true pandemic business, and we were able to grow. Yeah. Uh, through the pandemic because the pandemic Mm -hmm. showed the true disparities Mm -hmm. of the affordable Mm -hmm. housing crisis and grew our market. It allowed different, instead of all the money going to agencies 
like the housing authority, your local housing authority, which is a typical model to give rental assistance payments. Um, They were now going to faith-based and community-based organizations that could get the dollars out quicker than these organizations. The problem that we've learned through there is that you have faith-based and nonprofits that are not used to doing housing assistant payments. So that is where our kind of consultant services really kind of thrive when we got a lot of opportunities to kind mm-hmm. of show expertise and, you know, turn certain uh, organizations into housing superstars kind of um, yeah. within a couple months. So um, we're excited for what the opportunity that we have to bring change to this problem. And innovation is definitely one of them. We're trying to bring, make it cool, you know, to mm-hmm. advocate, you know, to me, Housing is the number one detriment of health, in my opinion. You can't, that is your foundation. You cannot properly think, grow, and learn without that foundation of a home. And that's kind of, you know, as I stated earlier, where it was like, hey, I wanted to be this STEM educator, STEM advocate. And I was like, well, I can't do that until... I, you know, I feel a little bit more satisfied with knowing that people are finding homes quicker or Mm -hmm. getting access to, you know, affordable homes. Um, I felt that kind of took priority. Um, But we'll get back to the STEM journey. And even through this journey, I'm still able to grow on that, teach, give back in ways like this, Mm -hmm. where I can share my experiences and things like that. But definitely want to do it uh, on a bigger level like the past, you know, when <laughs> we kind of get things settled with Renter Mentor. Yeah, well, what an incredible journey and story. And without question, you know, the, the give back to the community, you know, to your point, it's, it's so desperately needed here and other places. And, you know, thank you so much for, for persisting, right? Um, and I think that's a, that's a huge piece of it as well, recognizing this great need and, and having the wherewithal to say, I'm going to go down this road, see what happens. Um, that's awesome. You know, I always like to sort of close out the program, Jerry, recognizing that a lot of our listeners um, are teachers, they're community members, they're K-12, you know, sort of schools, as well as our industry partners. And I always imagine them sort of sitting back in their community, whatever that community is. And they've just heard you talk about sort of your journey and why your journey matters and your willingness to be a lifelong learner, quite frankly, um, was, is really, really clear in your story. And, you know, folks would, would, would love to be able to say, how can I take Jerry's experience that, you know, he went all the way through school, how can I take that and translate it into something meaningful for my students, you know, the teenagers in my world right now? So if you were to, 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 to be able to have that conversation with a teacher or a school administrator saying, hey, I want to do something with our kiddos very much like Jerry's journey, what, what components What's your recommendation, I guess, right? Because everybody's grappling with what does the next iteration of teaching and learning look like, right? And you just lived it, right? You know, in the midst of a pandemic, you you had an idea prior to, you were able to capitalize on, but more importantly, you were able to fill a need in the community in a very, very tangible way, right? That did help the world have a better understanding of the disparities that we were collectively trying to battle. It's the same thing that's happening in our schools. How do we engage kids in a meaningful way so they want to be there, they want to persist, so that they can make the next contribution? I think the first way is allow them to share their ideas. 
I feel that we get so, and you know, to be honest, I, in college, I, I felt like we were so curriculum based yep. that mm-hmm. I was losing my creativity. And I think especially black and brown folks, we need to be stimulized. We need to feel heard. And mm-hmm. I think the first step is, you know, a lot of us don't share our ideas. When I talk right. to, you know, different people in my community and things like that, they sit on very good business ideas. Why mm-hmm. aren't you going after that? Why aren't you pursuing this in some type of way? And it's because they don't feel like they have a platform to share right. those ideas and be heard effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is allow them to share their ideas, step away from the curriculum. Sometimes let's on Fridays, let's, let's brainstorm Fridays, you know, let's create something where we are, you know, getting away from the books and we are allowing you to express yourself, tell us how we can support you or how can we help you um, and start connecting and really you utilizing what schools are supposed to be are a hub of resources in order Mm -hmm. to help, you elevate to where you want to be educationally and, you know, really, you know, as a, as a a person, a human being. So, um, and I think it starts with uh, sharing and we got to figure out ways of how can we do that? That's authentic and not fake. And it's fun. Um, you know, I, I'm just thinking, like you said about my journey, why aren't schools doing hackathons, uh, you know, at least once a quarter, just to see and, you know, get innovative with that. I think those are just great ways. We're seeing it in different business cultures that there's, you know, of colleges. I know Miami University is doing really big things in the startup space and having hackathons and innovation. Um, I think we have to start doing that early, (laughs) earlier. It's too late in college. Um, There's already Mm -hmm. a, a gap about time uh, someone gets into college or or not into college. So if we can start doing that K through 12, those are going to be the things that change the future of learning. Absolutely. I totally agree. Jerry, thank you so very, very much for joining us today. And thank you for all that you do. Um, Folks, you know, check out the Renter Mentor and reach out to us. Uh, We will pass uh, information on to Jerry. I suspect he would also be a spectacular um, guest and uh, sort of co-thinker with anybody willing to go on the journey. So thank you very much, Jerry, for being uh, part of us today. Thank you, uh, Annalise, for allowing me to unbox. Ah, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.